0: morning, everyone. It's good to be stood <clears throat> looking at you. Um, so it's, been, it's really exciting to be <clears throat> uh, taking part in this series that we have in 2 th- So if you want to uh, turn up to Timothy, chapter 2, and uh, we'll carry on. But if you, <clears throat> I want to tell you a secret, um, if that's okay. <clears throat> um, and the secret is this. <clears throat> I'm an idiot. There you go. Maybe that's not... Very profound. Maybe that's not even a secret to you. Uh, maybe it's pretty self-evident. But I'm an idiot. It, that's one of the things that I've that I've learned, that I've kind of <clears throat> gained from from just the last few weeks of, of preparing um, to preach to you this morning. In the last two or three weeks, uh, coming out to Timothy chapter two, <clears throat> and just feeling a real, I just felt a real kind of burden, a real kind of pressure. Um, pressure to to perform it it was a burden almost to to get your approval and what i was going to say and it was just making kind of studying and and praying just really hard and as i was coming to god and just saying look lord i i feel really extra nervous and and that extra pressure to perform and to be to be useful to be approved by by the guys in the church and then as if god said um have you have you read what you're preaching on at all um Read it, and then come back to me and kind of tell me what you think. So as Peter said, uh, we're partway through this series in to Timothy, this this letter to Timothy. And Timothy's at the start of a new church phase, just like we are. Um, a new step, the next step in this church. And so far, the last couple of weeks, we've seen that the way that God spreads the gospel throughout history, throughout generations, is by people passing it on. So his people pass on the gospel, that that chain of giving it away, person by person, generation by generation. And really, the whole letter, the whole of 2 Timothy is about that, and certainly chapter 2 is about that. That We're people who hear the gospel, we love Jesus, we grow in faith, and then we pass it on to people who will hear the gospel, love Jesus, grow in faith, and pass it on. And it's like a relay race. And it's a relay race that we're all running. Just after I graduated from the mighty Swansea University, I stayed on in Swansea by choice uh, for a year um, to do a voluntary year of kind of discipleship training with the Christian unions. And it was called Relay. And it was straight out of 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. The idea was that I'd be discipled by a staff worker, by, by an older guy, um, to love Jesus, to grow in faith, and then I'd pass that on and disciple the students that kind of relay, relay race. So those first couple of verses in in two Timothy two, it says, "You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that's in Christ Jesus, and what you've heard me, what you've heard from me, in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men and women who will be able to teach others also." Just that relay race. We even got a a real life relay battle at the end of this year, which is very exciting. Uh, just to remind us that that. I was a relay worker, and actually, I'm always a relay worker. And I think we're all relay workers. I think that's really kind of what Paul is getting at in this letter, is that every one of us is a relay worker, always running that race, always loving Jesus, growing in faith, and passing on on the gospel. And here in chapter 2, Paul challenges Timothy to be a useful relay worker. Because it's not just that we're relay workers, but we want to be useful, don't we? at the start of this new phase, we want to be useful relay workers. And Paul asked Timothy, are you going to be faithful? Are you going to be faithful to God? Because for Paul, those two things are really linked. That being a useful relay worker means being faithful to God. Being a useful relay worker means being faithful to God. And it's all about him. Here's the focus. Here's our strength. And here's our motive. And that's why I'm an idiot. Because I'm so much more engaged with with wanting to get your approval. So much more focused on, on your reaction to me that it completely took my eyes off resting in Jesus and that security and approval by him. And I wonder if you feel that pressure too. If you're anything like me, you go into a room and you just have that pressure to perform, of, of, of wanting to be useful to each other. Maybe even here this morning as you came into church, You think, well, I want to be faithful, and being faithful means signing up to everything and doing lots of things, and there's that pressure that comes from that kind of faithfulness. Do you know what God says? He says, read chapter 2, verses 14 to 26, and tell me what you think. Because we're all relay workers, and a useful relay worker is faithful to God. Let me read verses 14, 15, and 16 of of 2 Timothy chapter 2. Paul says, Remind them of these things and charge them before God not to quarrel about words which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who's no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. But avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. Timothy, Paul says, You know what I just said last week about being faithful and about being faithful to God? Remind your relay workers about that and make sure that they know to be unashamed when it comes to God's word. So, say in verse 15, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, the worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Now, that doesn't mean that only preachers can be useful relay workers, it doesn't mean that if you don't lead Bible studies, you can't be faithful. But it means this, and I heard a friend describe it like this, and I think it's brilliant. He said it means, is your nose inky? Do you have ink on your nose? See, the difference between the ungodly babble in verse 16 and being approved by God is by having our faces buried deep in, in an open Bible. And I wonder if if we could be a church like that, that has our faces deep in an open Bible. A church that offers more than just tea and sympathy with each other. Now don't get me wrong. We should always offer tea. And coffee, I guess. And we should always offer sympathy and plenty of it. But too often, that's it. Too often, over our cups of tea and cake, we, we just offer gossip, um, speculation, criticism and then just pass around more biscuits. But what if, as a church, what if, as a family, every time we meet with someone, we have an open Bible? And what if, when we are with someone, we have the aim of getting God's ink onto our faces and into our hearts? Because that's what being an approved and useful relay worker looks like. And it could look like so many things. It could look like sharing underlines if you're doing Bible read-throughs, just kind of texting someone, I I read this this morning and thought of you. It can be writing emails and letters. It can be sharing verses in specific situations. It can be actually doing a Bible study with someone. Um, It it can look like kind of whatever you want it to look like. But the key is, do you have inky noses? Do you have an open Bible, a Bible that you share with people? And it won't be easy. Even in a church, it won't be easy. Even in Even in churches, people will try to trip you up. Again, verse 16. Avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness, and their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already happened. They are upsetting the faith of some. So Hymenaeus and Philetus get name-checked as people who always talked about the resurrection. Sunday mornings, life groups, the resurrection's already happened. Every time you see them, the resurrection's already happened. And Paul says that's a problem. Not because they were talking about Jesus' resurrection. That's obviously happened. That's that's important. That's happened. But for these two guys particularly, they, they seem to live in this kind of spiritual fantasy land. Kind of ultra-spiritual land where where you could live life with no problems. Somewhere where where you can have a blissful life with no pain today and every day. Well, the resurrection's obviously happened. So why have you got problems? The resurrection's happened. Your resurrection's happened. You, why do you have problems? See, that kind of teaching particularly exploits people in pain, doesn't it? It, it, it preys on people who, who are hurting. Just that promising of, of a a fullness of resurrection now. Like, well, why are you crying? Why are you in pain? But these two guys, they didn't look like baddies. They didn't kind of walk around with kind of moustaches and um, horns. I'd had to check no one had a moustache then, but no one does, thankfully. (laughs) But they, they didn't have horns. They didn't kind of have like kind of evil capes and kind of cackle whenever they were teaching in a Bible study. They were just kind of normal people. But they were leading people away. We need to be careful, though. I think no one, no one thinks they're false teachers. Everyone, everyone, us included, everyone thinks that, that they're the sound ones, and that everybody else are the gangrene kind of gross, yucky, smelly false teachers. We're fine. Everyone else is is bad, and I'm wary that I'm aware that that our tagline here at Trinity Church isn't Trinity Chippenham exclusive guardians of truth. You know, Trinity Chippenham, everyone else is wrong. That, that's not who we are. And we need to be careful that we don't become that. Because here at Trinity, we are relay workers who are transformed by God's love. It's all about being engaged by him, by living for his approval. Because it's his word, it's his gospel, and it's his ink. And of course, it's upsetting when people leave the truth, um, of course it is. But have a look at verse 19. There's, there's comfort. So these false teachers are swerving from the truth. They're upsetting the faith of some. But God's firm foundation stands, bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. That's great, isn't it? Two powerful quotes. What do they mean? Well, being a relay worker, being a useful relay worker, is about being faithful to God because we're known by him. It's that relationship that defines who we are. Not how faithful am I going to be. It's not about just how many things can I sign up for. But being a useful relay worker is being faithful to God because it's a relationship with him. It's being known by him. I can't be faithful or useful to God if all I worries about all I worry about is what you think about me. You know, I walk into a room, what am I thinking about? I'm just thinking about myself. And about how you can validate me or how you might kind of hurt. You can't that, that that's not being useful. That's not being faithful to God, that's just being faithful to my ego. See, Paul says, focus on God. Have inky noses. Depart from iniquity and don't have anything to do with false teaching. Verse 20 and 21, straight away, Paul gives just a little picture, a little example, an illustration of what he means. He says, now in a great house, There are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honourable use, some for dishonourable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonourable, he'll be a vessel for honourable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, and ready for every good work. Now, I I don't think I'm that posh, um, but there is kind of one piece of social etiquette that I'm quite a big fan of and i would like to share again that with you um if you don't mind it is the it is the social etiquette of a sugar spoon and i'm just a huge fan of this and if you're not aware of it let me uh, impart this to you and basically you uh, pick up a spoon and uh, as soon as you do that it becomes a special special spoon the sugar spoon that is not to become wet it is the special sugar spoon and its only job its only job is to move sugar from the sugar pot to the cup. And that's it. Where does it live? With the sugar. Nowhere does it go in the drink. Because as soon as it does, it just becomes a sugar spoon. It's the sugar spoon. A wet sugar spoon is useless. It is just useless. We're all sugar spoons. We're We're all holy sugar spoons that have been loved by God, chosen by him, to be faithful to him with a purpose. But as soon as we go back, as soon as we leave the truth and go back, or go to false teaching, we become dirty and unusable, um, unuseful. And Paul says, no, 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 cleanse yourself from false teaching. Don't be a dirty sugar spoon, but be holy, be useful to the master. Be ready for every good work. So, useful relay workers are faithful to God, engaged with Him and His words. But being a useful relay worker isn't just about being accurate, it's not just about being right. A useful relay worker is faithful to God with inky noses and kind hearts. Have a look at that last paragraph in verse 22. Flee youthful passions. I wonder if, even if you don't think yourself is youthful, I think as a church we're youthful, a new young church. I wonder if this has something to say for us. Flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love and peace, along with those who call on the name of the Lord from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. It's an interesting, I think quite surprising paragraph, because it seems that, that Timothy's biggest danger isn't the false teaching. It seems that for Paul, Timothy's biggest danger is how he is going to respond to the false teachers. I think he's much more concerned with Timothy's heart. And he says, look, Timothy, present yourself to God. Have an inky nose, but also be kind to everyone. I think I'm pretty similar to Timothy from what I can gather. Um, maybe you are too. I think his default, my default, maybe yours is to be passive. So if there's um, a problem, just kind of sit quietly in the corner. Conflict, I think, was his worst nightmare. Just be quiet, stick to the status quo, and just hope it goes away. It'll it'll go away. Is that familiar to anyone? Paul says to Timothy, Tim, you can't be a passive relay worker You can't be a passive relay worker. I told you in my first letter that Hymenaeus is trouble. I said, I've given him up to Satan. He's done. Why is he still in the church? Why have you not done anything about it? He's not just going to go away. You've got to stand up. And here with us, even, beginning of phase three, coming soon, we can't be passive about God's words. We can't just offer people tea And sympathy. But we want to be people who hear the gospel, who love Jesus, who grow in faith and pass it on. But we can't pass if we're passive. But on the other extreme, don't approach approach controversies with punching, arrogance, and fists. We can't pass the gospel if we're passive, and we can't pass on the gospel if we're punching. Verse 23, have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. Don't pursue arguments. Those kind of arguments like, my theology could take your theology in a fight. My favorite church leader is better than your favorite church leader. But instead, verse 24, 25, correct your opponents with gentleness. Be kind to everybody see, we know words are important, don't we? Words can, can bruise as well as heal people. So don't punch, don't crush, but convince and pass it on. Share your inky nose with people and get God's ink into your heart and theirs. Be kind to everybody. Wouldn't it be great if Trinity was like that? And I'm not thinking in 40 years' time when we all look back <clears throat> when we're kind of older and greyer, forty years finally, finally we're being useful. Not forty years time. What about this week? Forty minutes time? What about this week in life groups? What about a lunch today with with family and friends? What about even at work? Inviting friends into your home, not just for tea and sympathy, but to meet with God. To meet with the Trinity who transforms us with his love see god 's word is is health and it is life because it is of Jesus so stand up, stand up for it, but don 't be brutal. I wonder which <clears throat> of those two things you need to hear most stand up for truth because God knows you, you are known by God. You're in relationship with him, a so stand up. Don't be passive. Some of you might need to hear, don't be brutal. But I guess more on the other side. Don't be passive. Don't punch. Whichever of those things you need to hear, you are all relay workers. You're all relay workers because Christ Jesus loves you, and gave his life up for you. Let's pass it on. A useful relay worker is faithful to God. They have inky noses and kind hearts. And praise the Lord, he knows you. He knows you. Let's pray. Father, we... We struggle with so many things in life and I think we struggle so much with, with what other people think of us and what other people say about us. And I pray that that in the coming <clears throat> minutes and days and weeks that our hearts would be focused on you. Help us to be useful and faithful to you. Um, would, would your ink the ink of your word be on our noses and in our hearts would we really be transformed and changed by by your love and as we think of the next phase the next step for us as a church i pray father that we would all be relay runners relay workers passing on your gospel with uh, with kindness and with truth amen